What's the best theory on UFOs or aliens you've ever heard? The premise in Lie Low Stitch. That Earth is a mosquito preserve. That was a classic move. It has kept the aliens away from Earth so long. Does that mean malaria and other mosquito-borne diseases could be considered by our weapons in the galactic community? There's actually an amazing online fiction book called Deathworlders where aliens consider Earth's endemic diseases to be extremely dangerous. And our ability to withstand such fatal plagues like the common cold scares the living shout of every other interstellar civilization. Wasn't that an elaborate ruse in the film? Basically a lie to prevent aliens from coming? Yep. The agent convinced the aliens to protect Earth with that reasoning. That greys aren't fully biological, but rather remotely controlled androids, or that they are biological, but their grey appearance is a suit and not the actual body. Imagine other life forms looking at our astronauts saying here come the marshmallow cyclops creatures again. Forgot to say, I reckon we are very DNA planted here and they come to check on their experiment from time to time. That if any civilization elsewhere in the universe had the technology to reach us, for any reason, they'd be very likely to be also be able to disguise their presence from our detection methods. That is, they could observe us close up using nanotech, microscopic biological spacecraft ETC and we'd never know. This theory plays into the zoo hypothesis, yep and assumes that we'd be worth studying by some culture possibly millennia older than us. Interdimensional not extraterrestrial, The Gods Themselves by Isaac Asimov is a really interesting take on interdimensional aliens, also on multiple dimensions in general, is that the one with the weird three-way alien sex scene. There are so many star systems with potentially inhabitable planets out there that the chances that we have been the only life in the universe is extremely slim. The question instead is whether life arising elsewhere has managed to survive destruction and remain alive today such that they might be able to contact us that is to say there have probably been countless civilizations for the past several billion years that simply haven't made it this is our most likely answer in my opinion other planets dinosaurs jurassic park producers write that down not just destruction a lot of coincidences happened hundreds of millions of years ago that allowed us to progress to the point we are at now. Case in point, the Carboniferous period, where, highly simplified, trees evolved and existed for millions of years without the bacteria existing to break them down like now. So millions of years of trees piling up several hundred million years ago gave us the coal deposits that powered the industrial revolution. If the bacteria had evolved more in line with the trees, we might still be riding around in carriages. I put more faith in human ingenuity than that. We would found another way probably. The printing press is what we needed to build the amount of information necessary. It's also important to remember that life didn't have to result in intelligent creatures like us. In fact, multicellular life may be a freak occurrence. I imagine that if we find life elsewhere in the galaxy it will be single-celled organisms. That life in the universe could be so unrecognizable to us that we wouldn't even register it as being alien life. What if life on another world was not carbon-based, but another element? How would we even know what to look for since our definitions and descriptions of life are based on a completely different perspective? The universe is so big and who knows what kind of chain of events and chemical, or even not chemical, reactions went down on the other side that led to a creation of species that behave completely different than ours. It's why I find it so weird that people think you can't have life without water. It's kinda understandable at the same time as it's sometimes hard to imagine things outside of our scope of understanding. 
Any species advanced enough to find us wouldn't make contact, they'd study us the way we study animals, ideally with minimal interference. Compare the average abduction story to the way we dart large animals, collect data and leave them to wake a bit groggy and confused but unharmed, so put us in cages and add us to their intergalactic zoo, maybe we are already there, a roof, food, water, no obligations, free medical care, sign me the f up, I have long maintained that I would love to be an alien's pet, think about it, they'd feed us, give us back scratches, give us toys that we seem to enjoy, Think of their video game consoles, bring us around other humans to socialize, and hook it up with super comfy beds, my dog doesn't give a f about jobs or taxes, and I bet alien pets don't either. They came, they saw, they weren't impressed, like that time I spent 4 hours digging a hole and saw a bunch of weird bugs, I probably saw the Brad Pitt of bugs and it just didn't do much for me. Did you think you'd be attracted to the bugs? Found a big pill bug today that impressed the heck out of me. They visited 250m years ago, saw a planet full of big lizards and labeled us a junky planet not worth revisiting and moved on. They visited 250 seconds ago, saw a planet full of big apes and labeled us a junky planet still not worth revisiting. Updated their version of the lonely planet and moved on. The best two I've heard. We don't allow ourselves to contact lost tribes in the Amazon or other wild places. Extraterrestrials may have similar laws on a galactic scale. We split the atom, but made weapons out of them instead of trying to reach the stars. They leave us alone out of fear that we'll destroy ourselves if war accidentally breaks out. Aliens don't necessarily mean an intelligent civilization. A bunch of redneck aliens flying spaceships. UFOs are higher dimensional objects moving through our dimension, like, if we moved a 3D object through 2D space, to a 2D being it would look crazy weird, a hollow sphere would start as a dot, then look like a hula hoop that starts small, gets big, then small again, they'd have no idea what they were looking at, so WTF would a higher dimension object look like passing through our 3D dimension, it might rapidly change shape or appear to move at incredible speed as a, whatever, move through our space-time, gravity wouldn't affect it, I don't think, it wouldn't appear to have any form of propulsion, this video shows how moving 4D object would look like in our 3D world, higher dimensional objects would be even more crazy I presume, it frustrates me that there is no way to comprehend what a 4D object actually looks like, I like the developer of this game even published a scientific paper of rigid body in n-dimensional space, I'm so hyped for Megakia, looks so good. Either it's too late for me and I need to go to bed or I'm too stupid to understand this theory, but from the bottom of my heart, I tried lol. You can go insane trying to wrap your head around a fourth dimensional object passing through three dimensional space. Consider that a 4D being could look into our 3D bodies almost the same way we can see an amoeba through a microscope. It could literally reach in and yank our organs out or put something else in without ever breaking skin. Also, it's thought that it might be possible that we could catch a fourth dimensional being in the third dimension. We couldn't keep it in a room or a box. It would just walk out in its fourth degree of movement. But, we could harpoon it. We wouldn't really be trapping the 4D being in our dimension. As much as we'd be tethering all of our slice of this third dimension to fourth dimensional being. If a two dimensional being harpooned me to their piece of paper universe I'd lose my sh- Not exactly a theory. But I got a great kick out of reading this. They come from the ocean, not space. 
This sort of reminds me of the plot of The Castaways, an episode from the 1950s radio show X-1. The US government is conducting nuclear tests off an island in the Pacific. The local tribe, rather than be relocated, commits mass suicide by marching into the ocean. Turns out, they were merely returning to their spaceship, which had been submerged for hundreds of years underwater after crash landing on Earth without fuel to get back home. One of the nuclear scientists overseeing the tests was actually a member of the tribe who had infiltrated society to help humans develop nuclear technology. He steals a bomb in order to fuel their trip home. It's a cool story. X-1 is so good. I play those broadcasts some winter nights when my family and I are baking and doing things around the house. That's it I'm getting me Jaeger. The movie Contact actually makes a good case that we haven't been visited by UFOs or aliens. Our most powerful broadcasts have traveled at best a few dozen light years from this planet. To put that into perspective, if the Milky Way galaxy was the same size as North America, the Earth would be a speck of dust floating around a knickknack on a living room table in a house in Arizona. Our most powerful broadcast signals have made it to the end of the driveway, or at best across the street. If there were a hyper-intelligent species two blocks over desperately listening for signs of intelligence in the neighborhood, they wouldn't even know we existed for at least a couple thousand years. When they finally picked up our signal, our first television broadcasts, it would take their response another couple thousand years to arrive here. Seriously so damn interesting. It's actually annoying we won't be alive to see the peak of human technology. I mean, that's kind of good. If you're alive for the peak you'll likely be there for what caused the decline. The even more bleak reality is that beyond a few light years even the most powerful radio signals will be indistinguishable from background noise, barring a civilization currently in existence around one of the very nearest stars. Unlikely if only given the sheer time scales involved, we'll almost certainly never make contact with extrastellar life. The silver lining is that there's a non-zero chance we'll find life somewhere in our own solar system, should we choose to go out and look for it. That they are from a breakaway human civilization that is keeping their secrets to themselves, essentially, that someplace like Wakanda is real, or that Jules Venn really isn't science fiction it's actually science fact. When the rest of the world was making do with steam-powered industrialization, someone figured out anti-gravity and zero-point energy from the interaction between electromagnetism and gravity, so they kept this technology for themselves, and have been zipping around the rest of us keeping an eye on things. There is a very simple explanation as to why abductees independently described grey aliens as looking the same. There are no aliens and no abduction took place but rather they are abstracting residual memories left over from being infants and looking up at adults. Before an infant's visual cortex is fully developed, an adult human looking down at them would appear rounded and grey in color with large eyes, cross that indistinct memory with a sleep state subconscious and standard psychological patterns and boom, alien abduction. It also explains the sensation of being lifted, examined and probed. Wow, never thought of it like that before. Thanks for sharing. So do you think abductees are too embarrassed to say the alien slapped them on the A2? Then they forced me to finish my spinach. Great analysis of that idea in this posting from a decade ago. He went into historical reports of fairy abductions before they had electric lights and water heaters too to analyze how the stories changed over time. Plagiarizing it here because it's so good and on topic. Pat R. Kelly September 2010. Repressed abduction memories are real memories. Misinterpreted. 
I'm going to open this thread slightly differently, as I haven't done nearly the amount of research and questioning as I did in my other thread, complete with references. This has more to do with the standard explanation of alien abduction memories being waking dreams or as they are called hypnagogic hallucinations, I think, and this is mostly through a personal and non-professional analysis and hypothesis, that the roots of the similarity of abduction stories, and their evolution through time can be traced to the means by which our memories function, and by an event or period of time common to all humans. I'd best warn folks that those convinced that abductions are actually aliens are likely to be insulted by the following. It is not meant as an insult, it assumes their memories are real, and actually detailed, but miscategorized. First, let's take a breakdown of the normal features of the start of a, modern, abduction. Procurement itself unfolds into a complex sub-episode as a beam of light strikes and a drawing force pulls the witness. Beings approach and a brief conversation ensues. They pacify, escort, and float the witness on board the craft, and the witness experiences a momentary loss of memory, or doorway amnesia, while entering. Examinations also follow a regular progression as the beings undress, cleanse, and position the witness on an examination table. The procedures move from the general to the specific as the beings first subject the witness to manual exploration, then use an eye-like scanning device, and next instruments to probe the body. Specimens of skin, blood, or other body fluids are taken, the reproductive areas examined, and finally the beings turn attention to the neurological system and implant a tiny device into the brain of the conscious witness. 1. So, we have sudden light, lifting, sudden appearance in the ship. Being put on a table, undressed cleansed, manual exploration, and instruments to probe the body, along with the reproductive area being examined, plus implants. This sounded familiar to me in another context, but the next element was the reports from fairy abductions from the 1800s or so. The standard format is a set or single globular light appearing, being lifted, again, again with the sexual breeding aspect interpreted by manipulation of the genital region. If you go further back than this, we've got stories of incubi or abduction by the devil, where abduction, flight and coupling, with the devil's member described as cold as ice occurring entirely in darkness. I'm going to pause a moment to talk about abnormal psychology, specifically flavors of schizophrenia. In some manifestations, the person involved manages to take the related memories of others and incorporate themselves as the protagonist misremembering by putting the frame of reference not as a related memory, but as a self-indexed memory. From this we get claims of paranoid they're watching me or stealing of memories, or theft of identity. Similarly, if the person has personal memories that are no longer properly indexed, we get the psychotic break and the version where the person feels they are watching a movie about themselves. It appears that memories are indexed in a fashion that makes them either personal or relational. I experienced this or I learned this, there also appears to be time indexing, to keep it all straight, a continuity based memory of ongoing time mislabeled as an old memory becomes deja vu, an old memory mislabeled as current becomes a flashback or hallucination, so, part of my fascination was with infant era amnesia, the apparent lack of recall of personal memories from this time period. One postulate is that these memories must be indexed with a version of indexing including the self of a person, and until one is old enough and aware enough, this is not developed enough to aid in indexing these memories as continuous self-involved personal memories as part of one's history, so, possibly kept around because they are stressful, 
Somewhere deep in the mind, are infantile memories that we can't bring up because they are not indexed properly. Warning, if you are a claimant of abduction, you might find the following offensive. It is not meant to be. It is a serious posit as to what people are experiencing, explaining the similarity beyond hypnagogic hallucination, but providing an explanation that is not necessarily comforting or dignified. Basically, the similarity of this account rung with infant era memories of nighttime diaper changes and feeding. Think about modern era. Modern era has sudden flashes of light, era of electricity, cold tables and cleaning and undressing. Focus on the genital area, probes of the genital area, and some fixation on teeth. The sequence also allows for friendly or loving aliens who nonetheless perform these procedures. Going back to the era of candle light, it would follow the sequence would have floating globes of light approaching, and not involve the cold tables, bright lights, or anal probes. Further still, before the advent of cheap wax, there is no light at all, and any cleaning done with cold water all the sharing of flight and helplessness and focusing on the genital region appears to match up. Having said that, an infantile memory of nighttime cleaning or feeding would not have a properly indexed self-memory of the infant self at that age. So, as it's accessed and recognized as a not related memory, the self-index is substituted with what the person has on hand, the adult self, the memory, while correct, is now interpreted in the light of an adult self, to which others performing a needed diaper change is foreign, horrifying and terror-inducing as well as inexplicable. Further still, taking one's temperature, or putting on origel to soothe teething are equally inexplicable other than as diabolical experimentation to an adult. This assumes that these memories are real, but they are vague, incorrectly indexed, misinterpreted, and potentially shameful and degrading for adults to recall in this manner. This should not reflect poorly on those who have them. They are real. They are really trauma-related, in the infant context and they can, as a result, be terror-inducing when recalled. Time-traveling humans from the future. All the UFO sightings throughout history are just humans from the future on a time-traveling safari meant to observe how we were in the past. They are supposed to keep out of sight, but thanks to human mechanical errors there have been hiccups with their cloaking which have resulted in being seen. That's why there have always been so many reports of them throughout history, but there has never been an attack. It's just us. Also the reason why we don't see many as many examples of UFOs now even through pretty much everyone has a camera is because people are not that interested in this time period since we already document aspects of human life all the time. You should read Ray Bradbury's short story, A Sound of Thunder, you'll love it. It's about a tourist from the future who does something like this, but with unintended consequences. 10 minute read and we'll worth it, love that one. He was a master of the short story. I like it. It explains the why haven't we found anything with hundreds of millions of cameras everywhere? Bit of not finding aliens. To add on to this, the evidence is that as we begin to rely more on technology we will rely less on our own body, which combined with space travel will cause loss of mass. Rely more on our eyes and intellect, causing our eyes and head to enlarge in order to take in more information. Likely this advanced civilization no longer eats food, but rather has a way to synthesize nutrients directly into their systems. This will cause our mouths to shrink. Lastly the frequent space travel will mean lack of sunlight will cause our skin to grow pale and gray. Even further I heard another theory that expands on this one. 
that the reason why they need to visit us and experiment on us is that their gene pool has essentially been corrupted and that they need fresh DNA in order to continue as a species. Ah yes, a Stargate theory, I find the idea of replacing food with some sort of nutritional slurry offensive. We're not the first, we are the aliens that we're looking for. Mammals are not native to Earth. The asteroid was a massive chunk of our planet and we populated the Earth after that. Is that a theory that I believe? No, not at all. Is it a good concept for a Seafy movie? Yes, it's going to blow your mind when you learn what the moon is made out of and how it formed. That is no moon. That there is no one else and we are those advanced aliens. The universe is still in its toddler stage and age and we are the first intelligent people. The US military has intentionally orchestrated alien sightings and kidnappings, as well as funded UFO religions and conspiracy theories, to prevent people from being taken seriously should they happen to notice some experimental planes and so forth. There are no aliens, but there are US military agents in goofy spacesuits who mutilate cattle and probe deranged people to encourage them to make fools of themselves. Pretty sure there are cases where this is literally confirmed. I believe when the U-2 spy plane was being developed they leaked rumors of aliens or something similar to the nearby town. That we are the first and or the most advanced life forms at this moment in space-time. I don't remember where I heard it, maybe some NPR program, but it's interesting to consider. We often discount the idea that we could ever be that special, but there is always the chance that we are. Someone had to be the first that someone might just be us. I remember reading somewhere that the Earth is actually quite early. The last star will burn out 100 trillion years from now and 92% of the planets are yet to be formed. Yes, we may be the first but not necessarily the last. That they are extraterrestrials, not extraterrestrials. They are some type of human evolutionary outcome from the future. It's why they look humanoid if evolution were to theoretically continue. Time travelers or dimension travelers may explain why they aren't violent, obvious, or intrusive. They're just what humans become in X years. Just a theory but I think it holds weight. They are evolved humans from the future. If you wanted to explore space, you'd send technology instead of risking the life of a scientist. The little grey-green men and other now cliché depictions are just biological computers that they can control and that's why they look so simplistic and unidentifiable. Reminds me of I, robot or droids. Roswell, the fact that a military expert identified it as a spaceship publicly then had to do a very staged photo op to discreet himself, and that a bunch of people in the military had weird stories from that time, like flying a general to New Mexico then straight to Washington suggests they might have found something. Also, the government had to change their story and admit to lying doesn't sound great. I don't exactly believe it but if I was forced to pick one that would be it. Maybe you for seemingly don't have rivets or welds because cold welding can occur in any other atmosphere except ours. Islands are depicted as God in religious texts. I had a fun theory that Earth is one of a few life generating planets and that aliens are actually Earth originated beings who have moved on to settle the galaxy. Any visits are them checking in on our development. And eventually we'll be advanced enough to join and make way for another wave. Not really a theory I believe, more the basis for a story. Different wavelengths, or dimensions, if there's a difference. So, the same way we can't see feel colors outside our visible spectrum. For example, gamma rays, we're too different to interact with aliens. Sometimes they build odd contraptions to phase into our dimension. 
Sometimes mushrooms chemicals disrupt our brain enough to see into their dimension. Neither method works for very long. So there's just sightings without much interaction. Dark forest theory. I found this fascinating. Little description here for anyone wondering. The dark forest solution explains why we haven't heard from aliens by positing that they are purposefully keeping quiet. The reasoning is laid out best in the science fiction novel The Dark Forest, by Liu Sixin. The plot of the book, the second in a series, concerns questions of how to best interact with potentially hostile alien life. In the novel, the argument is laid out like this. All life desires to stay alive. There is no way to know if other life forms can or will destroy you if given a chance. Lacking assurances, the safest option for any species is to annihilate other life forms before they have a chance to do the same. Since all other life forms in the novel are risk averse and willing to do anything to save themselves, contact of any kind is dangerous, as it almost assuredly would lead to the contacted race wiping out whoever was foolish enough to give away their location. This led to all civilizations attempting to hide in radio silence. First contact by Murray Leinster is somewhat similar. It's an let about an interstellar ship that comes across the very first alien ship known. And now both sides are wondering how they'll return home knowing that they could be followed. It was a good read. Yup, that's it. I love the rules he lays out in the book. Survival is the primary need of civilization. Two civilization continuously grows and expands. But the total matter in the universe remains constant. And two axioms. Chains of suspicion. Do they know that you know that they know that you know they exist? ETC. Technological explosion. Upon suspicion that another race exists, they will kickstart technology to defend against annihilation. I find it interesting that we see proportionately less pictures footage of UFOs now that we all have cameras in our pockets than in the 80s when film was expensive. It should be dramatically more yet it isn't. And with HD, 4K, 8K now we should have really high quality proof. At least some.